Hello, and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast, and we hope somehow you'll know we understand. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. I love that poll. Great job. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, um, man, uh, another day here in paradise. Um, living good, feeling good. Still got my energy. Um, you know, some days for the long Wednesdays, I uh, I will actually ice coffee in the late afternoon. Didn't do that. Don't need to. Got, uh, uh, got this music in my soul, Pete. How about you? Oh, that's good. I did the iced coffee today around three, Ooh, and I'm, I'm feeling it now. Oh, are you buzzing? Or are you I'm, I'm like, kind of crashing. Oh, boy. Okay. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem when you're recording a podcast and you're crashing. But hey, you know, I've gotten through much worse. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, let's not crash. Let's, uh, let's bring this up and put it down because, Pete, we're talking about a pretty cool record today. Dinosaur Jr. You're living all over me. Um, yo, I just was said to you briefly in pre-production. We've talked about Dinosaur Jr. before, and part of me thinks I know what you think of them. But in Dinosaur Jr. manner, I think I know what you think of them. That sounds like it. That sounds like the <laughs> Dinosaur Jr. like 2022 album. Yeah, true. Um, what do you think of Dinosaur Jr. at large? Largely, I'm a big fan. Okay. Um, I have listened to all of their records, including the newest one that came out maybe two or three months ago. Um, I first heard them like I've heard, like I first heard a lot of bands I feel like we've covered Yeah, where I saw the video on Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> um, although I didn't, I didn't do the deep dive then. Um, yes. I think I, I, they had a, they had a best of come out, I think in 2001 called ear bleeding country or something like that. Okay. Um, and I picked that up cause I found it used f- for a few bucks and was totally won over. Um, and from there I started kind of getting the albums, but I, I, I didn't get the albums in any particular order because I didn't really know much about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one I ever got was where you've been. Okay, which yeah, is kind of like sure. the major label era, and to this day, it's still one of my favorites of theirs. Um, it's like really dark, really sad. I feel like Mascus was having a hard time at that point. Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, so super familiar. I've seen them live a few times. I saw, like once they when they reunited. I was living in San Francisco. I saw them then. Um, that was a lot of fun. They were great. Super loud, as you'd expect. But uh, yeah, overall, definitely a fan and pretty familiar with all their stuff. What about you? Uh, big fan. I <clears throat> I heard them maybe not on Beavis and Butthead, but you know, uh, the first Dinosaur Junior song I ever heard was the Cure cover, "Just Like Heaven." Oh, okay, yeah. Um, probably some weird version of somewhere in the background i just liked and i was like wait what who's doing the song because i knew the song obviously but didn't know their version great cover Um, great cover actually like um which uh i i after listening to this record i was like okay um you know we don't need to we're not going to rate just like heaven because i think it's a cd bonus track type deal yeah um but i was like wait they cover a Peter Frampton song that I love, like all other Americans show me the way. <laughs> and, uh, and yo, their cover one good two kind of bad too, but that's what makes it good. If that makes sense. Sure. Um, yeah. So, so I, I was with it. There's only like, it's mostly very good, pretty faithful. And there's only one vocal part that Jay Maskus just can't hit. And it's a little cringing, but Otherwise, like solid cover. But anyways, the, enough of Peter <laughs> Frampton. We should do Frampton Comes Alive. Fuck. Um, I've never heard that album, Bob. <laughs> holy shit. Oh, my God. I just. All right. Well, I know what you're doing right after this. <laughs> 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Um, just, no. just never got there. Damn. Okay. Um, shows our age gap. I, you know, no, not really. But <laughs> um, 
Anyways, uh, then went on a Dinosaur Jr. like dive at some point in the like I started listening to them loosely in the early 2000s. Um, so it's sort of one of those things, Pete, I'm sure you have this where you can triangulate it by being like, oh, yeah, I remember I bought that at, you know, this record yeah. store. So that puts it this time frame. So I remember buying uh, the first album, the self-titled Dinosaur record. Um, on CD at Generation Records used and um, maybe I got Green Mind at the same time on CD. Oh, uh, those are two interesting ones to get together. Yes, I liked Green Mind more. I still do, but you know, there's parts of Dinosaur, the self-titled record that um, are good. It's definitely my least favorite of the like canonical dinosaur junior material in my opinion you know um not that i hate it but it just doesn't have me coming back uh when yeah, i moved to california i started buying dinosaur junior records used on vinyl because believe it or not there was a time you could walk into amoeba records and it'd be like oh dinosaur junior you know bug 12 inch 4.99 you know so yeah. um so i was grabbing them and uh really fell in love with some of the records at that point especially bug um and I like this record a lot, but it was never, it was probably not in my top three, you know? Um, but, uh, but I think that's worth talking about. Um, while getting ready to do this podcast, I came to understand that there's many people, including critically who claim this to be the dinosaur junior record. Yeah, I was actually going to say to you, it's funny to me that this isn't in your top three because I feel like this is like the record for most people. Yeah, which almost was like crazy to me because I was like, oh, like really? Because like to me, and again, it's some personal like bias. I'm like, oh yeah, like Bug is way, way better, right? No, and um, Green Mind is a big one to me and Where You Been, like start chopping like oh my god like like um like there's just hits on hits and hits and like you're living all over me is like right outside of it but to me it's that run it's bug green mind and where you been that's the three interesting and then i go over to you're living all over me and then then i probably go to <sighs> i like without a sound but not love and um yeah, it's right. Yeah, that's over the self the first record. Um, but first record is not super hot. Um, no, I'm with you. But I, I actually I saw them in New York. I think it was like the 30th anniversary of that record. Okay, and they did a bunch of shows where they just played it front to back, and then they had all these guests that um, played like different songs from other eras of Dino Junior with them. Oh. And Henry Rollins, if you don't know, is like a Dinosaur Jr. super duper fan. Yep, knew that. Where there's like videos of him like jumping up and down like a schoolboy listening to Dinosaur Jr. He like gets so excited by them. Yeah. Um, and he was there and he did kind of like a like a spoken word intro to all the shows. Really? And huh. the one that I went to, he sang the song Don't from Bug with them really and it was like the best thing i've ever seen in my life wow like the, the whole shit because i i never i never thought i'd see him sing ever because i never saw him sing live really oh wow yeah it was oh, very yo, cool you know what so you didn't i didn't go to any of those black flag shows i just the I west never memphis saw three thing he did yeah which is the black flag thing if you haven't at um i think it was at webster hall or irving plaza one of those two i think it was webster hall was incredible yeah. It was like intense and awesome. And I have a feeling you were on tour. Yeah, that sounds right. Because half the people I know at that time in my life who loved Black Flag were all on tour and missed it. And I was like, yo, <laughs> you just missed it. This was this was it. This was as close as we're ever going to get. This was it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was it was really good. Yeah. To me, to me. And this is the this will provide context. Bug is my baseline for Dinosaur Jr. Okay. I kind of compare everything to it in terms of the sound, but like that's where I think it hit. And um, like it's the record I know the most. It's the record I just like, 
I th- I think of that the, that exact guitar sound for it, and I I basically love it front to back. I think Budge and the Post aren't my favorite Dinosaur Junior songs, but otherwise I I love love Bug. So, um, what what about you? What are your what are your top three Dinosaur Junior records? So I Bug. I, I I really like that record and some of the songs on that record are some of my favorite Dinosaur Jr. songs, like top five. Um, but I always thought of it as being kind of spotty. Like there were, I think there's two or three songs that just never really hit me on that one. But it's one that I, I probably go back to bug more than I go back to a lot of Dinosaur Jr. records because I know that a lot of people whose musical opinions I respect that's their number one pick. So I always thought that was interesting, but for me, it's, it's number one is tied between you're living all over me and where you've been. Mm, okay. Um, so that's one and two. And then God, I guess number three would be bug. And then honestly four, like beyond has a really special place in my heart because I saw them when that came out, that was like the reunion record and the reunion run. That record's really good. And I listen to it a lot. It's like, it's insanely good for being Being what it is. Being their first record in a decade. Yeah. You know, and really like first record with those dudes in 15 years-ish, something like that, you know? Yeah, like they didn't didn't miss a beat. And in fact, I think it's better than Hand It Over. I think it's better than Without a Sound. Yes, yes. So, yes, it it leaves those. I mean, I think even... Maybe we'll do a Dinosaur Jr. like overall episode at some point um, because I'd like to talk more about their post beyond records as well. Because there's one that's lesser... But even that, I'm not offended by. But otherwise, I'm like largely warm towards those records. I think they're all pretty good. Like, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I. So I won't go too deep, but like Farm and I bet on Sky, I felt like there was diminishing returns. Yep. But then give a glimpse of what you're not. I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. And that has like probably some of my favorite Dinosaur Junior tracks at this point. And then sweep into space or sweep it into space. Yeah. I really honestly, I don't think I've been in a dinosaur junior mood in particular. So I yes. gave it like one or two listens and I was like, yeah, I'm going to come back to this at some point, but yeah, not well, today. well, let's, let's uh, put that on our long or growing list Yeah, and dive into your living all over me. Um, Pete, do we need to tell people who dinosaur junior is? Maybe we'll go brief. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe, um, Amherst, Massachusetts. Um, that's where they're from. They were initially a band from 1984 to 1997. And then they got back together again in 2005 and they're still playing. Um, Jay Maskus and Lou Barlow, uh, two of the initial members of the band were in a band called Deep Wound, a uh, punk band from the early 80s. Um this record was Dinosaur Jr.'s second LP. It came out in 1987 on SST Records, which I never think of them as, as an SST Records band, by the way. No, I always forget I, about I, that. I do. I think about Homestead, and I think about SST, and I think about how kind of weirdly important those two things are. Yeah. And, like, low-key SST, like... I think if you talk about... 10 record labels of the 80s and that includes all forms of music i think sst probably deserves to be mentioned in there yeah agreed Period. like end of statement you know so and dinosaur jr no small part of that you know so yeah um this record in particular um they were actually called dinosaur before they were dinosaur jr but i guess somebody got mad about that so early copies of this there it, it actually has dinosaur on the cover rather than dinosaur jr yeah which is kind of cool which I is like pretty that. cool love, love um, the weird footnoting for sure i also i i found out that um reading about it that early copies of this record in the boston area mm-hmm. came with a tape um that was called weed forestin 
Yes. <laughs> that was basically like an early version of Sebado, which is Lou Barlow's band after he left uh, Dinosaur Jr. Yes. So that was kind of interesting. I imagine that those are going for a pretty penny at this point. Oh, good question. Um, and what else? Um, apparently there was a lot of tension during the recording of this record. I think Jay Maskus, who, like, if you're not aware, um, the original lineup of Dinosaur Jr. only existed for the first three LPs, at which point the bass player left, and I think then the drummer left shortly thereafter, Murph. Yep. Um, and when they, and then so Jay Maskus basically <clears throat> was the only original member for maybe four albums. And then when they got back together in 2005 and did the record beyond, that was actually the reunion of the original lineup. So that's why it was even more of a big deal than just kind of a typical reunion. Um, but apparently Jay Maskus was pissing everybody off during the recording. He's a drummer too. He's actually a great drummer. Um, but apparently he was being super controlling over like every single drum fill, which was pissing off obviously the drummer, but also the bass player, uh, Lou Barlow. So it just sounds like he was being kind of like a nightmare control guy in the studio. And, uh, yeah, that's how that happened. So, yeah. And, and like, yo, just for that reference, you, Jay Maskus, he isn't, he isn't dinosaur junior, but he is too. He kind of is. Yeah. But, but Lou Barlow and Murph added, this flavor, especially Lou. Um, yeah, but it's it is Jay Maskus at the core. Um, so you can see, and and that's not some diss or dismissive, but like it's his band. So um, Dinosaur Junior, uh, one of the most important uh, rock bands in the eighties, nineties, etc. Formative to indie rock, formative to alt rock. Um, yeah, just really does a lot, and this record is considered one of their most important, if not their most important. So, yeah, um, it's pivotal in their career because I think it's the record that really popped off for them. You know, um, so um, what do you want to do? Do you want any other con? Oh, big thoughts on this record because you're a big fan. I'm a pretty big fan too. Um, on my revisit. I remembered how unique I found this record, um, especially in context to the other records that I mentioned. Um, I'm going to introduce the concept of warm fuzz versus cold fuzz and <laughs> uh, how unique, how, how pulled in 70s rock is on this record in a visible, audible way. Yeah. And it's less so on following records, but it's there. And especially if you have this record, it's a roadmap to it. So, For sure. On this re-listen, I mean, every time I listen to this record, I find more there. Um, I still find it compelling and interesting. It's like, it kind of sounds terrible, but because it sounds terrible, it sounds great. It's, I have all kinds of mixed feelings on it, but ultimately I love it. So, yeah, it's always fun to re-listen to it. Track by track. Little furry things, little fury things, rather. Super strong start to the album. Um, really aggressive. There's like screams and guitars mania going on. It almost sounds like, and I didn't think of this until this listen, but the guitar riff at the beginning kind of, you know, when people are like making a joke about like 70s porno rock, <laughs> like porno soundtracks. I do. I do. Like, yes. The guitar riff sounds like that almost, but like more fuzzed out and more unhinged. 
this song rules. There's like tambourines that come in. They're all over the place. The whole thing feels like it's being held together by a thread and it yes. kind of ends just as quickly as it begins. It's like, it's a super strong, weird song. So we feel a little differently on this opener. Um, wow. All right. So first thing, are you familiar? Do you know the concept? I think it's mostly in in movies and TV, but you get it in books a little bit, a little harder in books, um, but in, in basically all forms of storytelling. In media res? No. Okay. So it's, it's Latin. It basically means in the middle of. Okay. So um, this is a signature of Dinosaur Jr. Like absolutely something they do with almost all their, where basically the opening song, it just feels like you're dropped into the action. You know, mm-hmm. so the the movie version is the start of a Mission Impossible movie. You don't have a slow build up. It's like action right away in the middle of a scene. Here you are, ba 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 ba, and that's how most, if not every single Dinosaur Junior record uh, starting here starts. True. This song is not their strongest opener, but it's context, right? I'm comparing it to their later LPs. Mm-hmm. And like I just don't think, um, man. Um, I think it's it's good but not great. And um, like here's the thing: I said it before. I compare it to Bug. This song is not as good as Freak Scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Freak Freak Scene is like particularly strong, unbelievably strong. And and it's like again, not not easy. I think about. Uh, is it Green Mind that has the other one? Um, the Wagon on Green Mind. Mm-hmm. And then I think about um, Out There Into Start Chopping as the first two tracks on Where You Been. And I'm like, yo, th- damn. That's a, this is a good song. I There's a lot going on. Um, but they I mean, always... You make, you make a strong case. They I have know, great it's, opener songs. It's, it's context. Um, yeah. They come out firing is is what it's to say, and I think it's it starts here, and I think they kind of were like, oh, oh, this is unique and cool, and we'll do this when most don't. You know what I mean? You think about how many bands treat a first song like a la 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 la. It's a warm up. It's like mm-hmm. easing you in. No, Dinosaur Junior just drops you the fuck in. So, um, <laughs> good song, not my favorite on the record, but not a cut. I got to be honest, there's not not a lot of cuts. Okay. So, um, towards the end of my list, if if I start cutting, I might start chopping right here. So, (laughs) okay. um, Cracked. This is my favorite song on the record and might be my favorite Dinosaur Jr. song. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Wow. I love this song. The, the, particularly the part where it kind of cuts out and he's doing the cymbal ride and then it builds into that like kind of explosion of a guitar lead. That's like my favorite moment of Dinosaur Jr. in their catalog. Really? So that's all I have to say. Great song. (laughs) How much do you like whammy bars? (laughs) Uh, They're cool. I'm into it. Okay, because it's here. Um, yeah. I didn't have a ton to say about this, but it's like a classic style Dinosaur Jr. sounding track, except they didn't totally hone in their signature style. And I find that so charming. It's like, <laughs> it's like the roots of it. It's like when you see um, a baby deer starting to run, and you're like, oh, you're getting it. Um, <laughs> it's whammy heavy. I actually really like how pronounced the bass sound is on this song. So, oh um, yeah, I, I like I love it. So, uh, very good song. Very good song. I, I mean, to your point before, I, I I don't. I was kind of dismissive of it, maybe, but like, you're completely right in that. Like Jay Mascus is like the figurehead of the band, but Lou Barlow's bass tone and Murph's drums are like. It's it's a whole different dinosaur junior once they leave, you know. So they definitely had like really really unique. They added a unique flavor to the to the band that wasn't there afterwards. It's the reason why um, without a sound and then even more so handed over aren't records I really consider much. 
Sure. You know, so. Um, yeah, so very good song. Um, Sludge Feast. song a lot in general it feels dirgier than the rest of the song so far nope. um the vocals come in and like the song kind of takes on this different life which is mm-hmm. interesting i feel like they do that a lot where there will be like an instrumental part that is that's one one thing yes and then once the vocals come in it turns into a completely different thing which is like definitely a dinosaur junior signature move yo that's one of the things i wish bands would look at and maybe some people do i hope they do but it's like dinosaur jr has probably five or six signature moves that i can't think of other bands utilizing in the same way and totally. i'm like yo you sound totally different you could steal this where you drop into the song in the action and it would feel cool and no one yep. would go oh you just ripped out from dinosaur jr cuz your band sounds totally different yeah here um you're totally right and I can think of multiple examples in my head of like where when the vocals kick in, it almost signals the changing, like they go to a different part, you know? Yeah. And it's this really interesting texture because you get this, it's not vocals over the whole song. You're, you're getting a segment of music sans vocals. Then when the vocals kick in, it's almost a changeover to a different part. That just sonically, how you hear that, relates different. You know what I mean? Um, so I love this song. Really love it. Um, you get a lot of cool 70s rock, metal rock guitar progressions that are pronounced, like just like unambiguous here. Um, and this is where what I was saying about cold fuzz versus warm fuzz. <laughs> There's some warm fuzz as you move through this record. Raisins, for example. But mm-hmm. this song has kind of a cold fuzz where the guitar is fuzzy and buzzing, but it's sharp. So I'm using non-music words, so hopefully the normal person can can hang with me here. Um, I'm not guitar jam dude, but cold fuzz is so interesting, and that's what you get more of on this record than, like I just said, the, the bug, green mind, where you been, triumvirate, it's all warm. It's all glowing buzz as opposed to this kind of cold buzz which um, and cold fuzz. So that's that's kind of what really pulls me in on this song. That first minute or so where it's there's no vocals. I, I love that part. I just think this is a, a brilliant song. So it's, it's a keeper. It's just... And I can't think, though there's parts that are reminiscent and, and things they do that are the same, I can't think of another song in the Dinosaur Jr. catalog that reminds me of this song. Yeah, I think you're right. And then there's also that the the weird noisy outro that turns into like a punk song. Yeah. It feels completely unrelated. Yes, yes. I mean, that's an interesting move. It's, it's, it, well, and I think it's notable because I think this the flow on this record is exceptional, even for the Dinosaur Jr. catalog. Yeah, and the the song to song transitions are strong. Um, I think the next track, the long, it starts to hint at a lot of what they do on later records, but it still has its own swing. Like I think this record, "You're Living All Over Me," is the the self the first record is singular because it is its own thing. Of the Murph Lou J 
lineups, this record has its own feel more so than any other um, because it just has unique. They haven't gotten to their groove yet and uh, they're leaning into it, but it's not totally there. Um, piercing guitar parts on this that I, I really like the guitar sound on this track. Yeah, I really like the the melodics in this song a lot. Um, I like the energy of this song too. I feel like they hadn't quite like had like upbeat energy on the record up until this point in the way that this song does, um, which is cool. It's interesting to me that you say that they um, hadn't really found their groove with this record because I think of this record as like where they found their groove. Well, that whereas, might be, like, yeah. whereas Dinosaur is like, like kind of a mess. Yeah, can we both admit we just don't love Dinosaur? Like, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. Yeah, it's just not great. It's it's not great. I've I've it, I've gone back to that record so many times. Yo, really I wanna, looking for I something, and it's it, just right. not there. It's just not yeah. there. I want to love it. I actually think the album art is awesome. Pulls me yeah. the fuck in. I'm like, this is so cool. How come I can't like this record more than yeah. I do? Um. So, okay, I think we're saying the same thing from different angles. This is the record where they're finding their groove. Yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes they're stumbling, and sometimes they nail it, but I like every step of the process, if that makes sense. Do you think they found their groove firmly with Bug? Yes, I think they're in the groove at Bug. Like, I just think they're rocking it. Like, the way Freaks... Because some of the things that we discussed, like Dinosaur Jr. things. Yeah. The first time you might hear them is here, but then bug, they're using those things over and over and successfully show so and with a confidence. You know, like, like, yes, uh, f- furry little things, little furry things, little fury things starts in the action, but freak scene really starts in the action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Sludge Feast uses the vocal music change tact but there's a couple songs on bug that do it immediately like um i think they even do it on i think it's yeah we know it's either no bones or yeah we know i think it's yeah we know they use it like brilliantly Hmm. Hmm. interesting i'm gonna listen to bug and think about that yeah um i'm trying jeez i have the song in my head um You, you like the lump. You think it's you like the tempo. Yeah, right. yeah. No, great song. Uh, Raisins. Is there like a foreign language definition of raisins that I don't know? I'm looking at. I, de- right I definitely thought about that. Yeah, right, I think it's see. just no. I think it's just a- Google's Google is convinced that they're just misspelling it. Yeah, um, it's just a see. clever little misspell. Mm. All right, well, I'm I'm de- downgrading my grade because raisins kind of suck. But <sighs> like, do you like raisins? How dare you? I All like right. raisins. I mean, I, I got- like them in an oatmeal raisin cookie if the oatmeal raisin cookie's good. friend of the pod brian uh found me eating a cookie on the street the other day and uh was it a secret cookie it was a secret cookie and he lambasted me for the fact that i bought an oatmeal raisin cookie over a chocolate chip cookie wow yeah i'm with it though dude oatmeal raisin till the till the death Yo, um, you're familiar with the brand that was so popular and successful but is withering away like a dried raisin on the tree? Um, <laughs> Mrs. Fields? Yep. Mrs. Fields oatmeal raisin cookies? 
straight up one of the best cookies I've ever had. The minis. The minis are the way to go, by the way. Get the minis. Okay. Never had the minis. Oh, my God. I used to get them by the 64-pack. <laughs> um, but shout out to the the uh, Westminster Mall in Orange County, California, right off there Golden West. Um, hands down, way better than any of their chocolate chip offerings. No contest. So um, shout out to Mrs. Fields. We are actively seeking sponsorships. Uh, we think it's time you enter the podcast realm. Let's go. Um, so Bob, real yes. quick, you're not when when you pack lunches for your kids, you're not um, giving them raisins. No, I'll do raisins. I'll do raisins. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You got to right. in the dry snack container. I'll throw some raisins in there because I got raisins as a kid, and my mom was obsessed with raisinets. So I just they were just all around. So I so she, I'm down with raisinets. That's a uh, not my top, but they're a go to movie treat. Like I, I hanker for them okay. once a year. So all right, so you don't hate raisins like no, that? No, I don't hate raisins. I just think, like, you just don't want to raisin up something delicious for no reason. You know, do what you I think mean? you'd be more into raisins if they were spelled with an A? No, but this song <laughs> is very good. Um, I think this song, and I keep referencing, oh, this is a classic sounding dinosaur junior. This is hinting at stuff. This song could be on Bug. Um, yeah. A lot, I feel like a lot of these songs could be. They could be. They're they're right there. Um, it's longer than you realize, but like a lot of Dinosaur Junior songs, I don't mind. It just moves so well. Like I talked about the transition flow and how well that is on this record. There's in song flow that just really works. Um, a, more of the trademark Dinosaur Junior stuff. Pulsing intro. There's a big sweeping guitar solo about two thirds of the way through the song. How many times have you heard that in a Dinosaur Junior song? Like the like dangling guitar solo? Yeah, not a ton. No? Really? I hear it a lot. Like not I guess I shouldn't it's not like a guitar solo like Van Halen, but oh, like okay. the like the awkward guitar like discordant like bending notes kind of guitar solo that's what i mean that's 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 all over yeah yeah yeah. not not van halen so though i would be curious to hear like could dinosaur jr cover eruption i think they could cover any band really just do their own twist jay we're putting the challenge out to do it all right what do you think about the song raisins i love the song um it feels like you love the the fruit because I strictly because I love the fruit. Yeah, I actually I actually don't know what this song sounds like. Um, no, I uh, I uh, it feels like one of the more emotional songs on the record, and it's one of the more catchier to me. Like the I'll be down, I'll be down, yeah, I'll be around. Like yeah. I think I think of it as being like more catchy than a lot of the songs. Um, you're right though, in it in that it's like one of the longer songs on the record. Mm-hmm. It feels like that to me, where I feel like it could have been almost cut in half. Yeah, this is. It could have been. I don't mind the length, though. I don't find myself yeah, bothered yeah. by it at all. Well, I mean, I like all the elements of the song, so I'm okay with the length. But it just after a while, I feel like I've heard that same chorus a few times too many. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. That the outro guitar lead is pretty awesome on yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, okay, there are only ten Mrs. Fields. In New Jersey, let me also depress you. One, two, three. Three of them are event only at like MetLife Stadium at the Rutgers University. Um, Then um, at the Prudential Center where the Devils play. Then there's one that's at a Poppy's Bagels. So it's not truly a Mrs. Field. It's like a Mrs. Field's like booth kind of. Damn, man. There's one that isn't open yet at the American Dream. But in good news, the Freehold Mall does have its own standalone Mrs. Fields. It's pretty good. Wow. I thought I know that the Mammoth Mall had one when I was growing up, but I guess they left. No more. No more. R.I.P. All right. uh, Continuing on. The song Tar Pit. Tar Pit. So is this the most mellow song on the record in certain ways? Um. It just doesn't, I mean, up until this point, it's definitely like the least dissonant song. Yes. But then, but then there is a guitar lead in it that sounds like a plane taking off. <laughs> so it does get pretty 
noisy. Yes, correct. Um, yes, it is the most mellow. It's the most like it feels like you've downshifted in the car a bit. So um, yes, it is. Um, the uh, Mrs. Fields in the Westminster Mall is still active. They should be. I spent a car loan on their cookies. So um, <laughs> the signature to me here is that like you just get this like unique melody. Like I just, you know, I, I, I'm a sucker for it. I like the song a lot. Um, it doesn't outstay its welcome despite the fact that it's mellow. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the guitar lead, like nascent, like riffing whenever they get noisier, I'm always with it. Cause I just think, I think that Mascus is so um, like naturally inclined to tunefulness that even when he attempts to get like gnarly, it, he still finds his way to a melody, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this one, <clears throat> I do think this song is interesting in the way that, you know, I said before on the first song that it feels like the whole thing is being held together by a thread. Yeah. I feel like that, that's the case for most songs on this record. This one, though, feels like really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the guitar lead in particular is something that I feel like Kevin Shields from my bloody Valentine heard and was like, I'm going to do exactly that. Yeah. Yes. That's a great poll. I think that that sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of elements on this record specifically that influenced a lot of the, the like nineties guitar music world in really different ways. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's an awesome poll, actually. Um, I can see that. Um, um, in a jar. In a jar. Um, This is a classic Dinosaur Junior song. Yes, um, I love it. It's great. Yeah, I feel like Lou, I feel like Lou Barlow really kind of steals the show on this song. I agree, and like, it, it's sort of this weird thing where I'm like, man, <clears throat> there's cracked Sludge Feast, the Long and Raisins that I feel like is one segment of the record I really like. And then the inner jar lose tar pit inner jar lose, I really like as well. But but more specifically, I really like inner jar. And I it's just like wow, that might be my favorite song on the record. It's this or sludge feast, yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's it's uh, is this inner jar mandatory dinosaur junior mixtape material? I think so. I mean, the interesting thing about long, this song even with a 15 record career or whatever it is, 10 record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, this is, this has got to be on any like best of dino mixtape. Yep. Um, this is the only song I realized that doesn't have like a total sonic assault though. Like, yes. which I guess, which I guess would make it the single and the song that you might show somebody who hadn't heard them. It's kind of like an easy intro. Yeah. I think that sounds right. So it's, Hmm. So it's the song for Dinosaur Junior Posers is what you're saying. <laughs> no, 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 just, no, just I agree. newbies. No, I, I think it's a really good song. I, I think it's awesome. Um, how about the song Lose? I'm very curious because I really like this song and had totally, like, in prior listens to this album, I have no memory of it. And I was like, yo, this song rips. That's funny you say that because I I felt the same way. I actually I love this song. Um, I mean I like most Lou Barlow songs with Dinosaur Junior, 
Um, particularly the recent records, by the way, he, he's been writing some awesome songs with them recently. Um, he always sounds so pained, um, which is cool. I agree. But I hope, but I hope he's okay. The, um, the, the texture difference between him and Mascus vocals are really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, it's got great energy. It's like a great kind of punk slash noise song, but it has like, it has the signature Mascus leads. Yep. I, I the think outro the, is awesome. I, yeah. I, I think the guitar tone is like infectious in a way. Uh, sharp without being metal, which is, I think, exactly what you're talking about, the Mascus leads. Yeah. Um, there's the underlying fuzz, the interesting vocal placement and pacing, which is a Lou Barlow thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it works great. Like, came out of this listen as a new, like, oh, let me throw this into some mixes to, to really spin, you know? Yeah. So, um, worth noting is the last two songs, which is Lou's and the next, are both Lou songs. How do you feel about the closer on this record, Polito? I'm all in. Wow. Okay. Um, all in. So without doing any research on this, I was like, okay, this is definitely a Lou song. Feels like a five-minute EP demo for a different band. Weird samples, etc. <laughs> the opening of it is interesting enough and sparse, but I don't totally need it here at the end of the record. It feels taped on. Um, oh, and, interesting. And that's the only part to me is that Lou's feels like it's fine, but this is like, whoa, why is this? What's this doing here? <laughs> you know? Um, so I would say this would be a cut for me because it barely feels like a dinosaur junior thing. And then sure. I researched and found out, yes, it was barely a dinosaur junior thing. <laughs> it, it, it's like, Oh, this is kind of, uh, this anticipated his work with Sebado. And I'm like, Oh, you don't say, you know, um, yeah. I actually appreciate it and thought it was an interesting song and interesting listen, but it just doesn't, it's like has, almost nothing to do with the rest of the record in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take that. I think for me, it's, it's just, um, I think what I like about like early indie rock slash college rock, you know, whatever you would call this, um, is just how experimental and weird a lot of it was. Um, you know, I think of guided by voices as kind of being in that camp as well, where, sometimes they're just throwing things at the wall and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't with this. I feel like they were throwing something at the wall, but for me it, it works because you know, they get noisy and weird in a lot of respects throughout the record. And then this is just another way of kind of doing that same kind of sonic assault, but it's kind of from a different angle. Um, and I just kind of think it's a cool outro. It's like kind of a half song. And then it just turns into like weird haunted soundscape tape loops. Um, I, for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm in, it just, it makes for kind of a larger experience than it would have been otherwise. But I totally get why people would just want this off the record. I completely get that. But for me, I I'm in on it. You didn't sell me back on it, but I do. <laughs> I appreciate it. And exactly for the reasons you said, like it's weird for the sake of being weird and trying different things. I just wish, you know, like I wish Lou had said to Jay, like, yo, let's take, you know, let's, let's take in a jar and flip it around or do something like that. And then do this splicing of the Sonic kind of like collage thing. Um, yeah, because I, I like the energy of it. I just think like the the root of the song, the first part of the song, this really like sparse. Like, by the way, Sebado has never totally clicked with me and I have tried and I will try again, but it hasn't clicked. This clicked with me more than it did. But I was like, this isn't this is just not a Dinosaur Jr. song. Lose. I can get it with a, as a dinosaur junior song, even though it's a bit different. I'm like, yo, this still works in the scheme of things. Polito just didn't work to me. Um, sure. So I do, I do like all the things you said though. So damn it. All right, Pete, do you have any true cuts from this record? No, 
I don't either. It's a fucking great record. It's great. <laughs> Even the complaints I have are so minor and like, yeah, essentially no, exactly. like, yeah, this is like, <clears throat> well, this isn't as good as later stuff that I compare it to. And it's like, but I still really fucking like this. So Yeah. Um, no, it's great. I want you to guess for me, if you don't have it in front of you, how long is this record? Uh, 32 minutes. 36 minutes. Oh, wow. Feels perfect. I mean, and, and if you cut Polito, you're down to 31 minutes. That makes sense. Right? So it's like right there. Uh, does it feel too long to you? No. Me neither. Does the album flow or does it feel disjointed in any way? I think it flows wonderfully. I think it's like a template for flow. Um, quality of the songs, memorable songs, how do they stand up? How do they stand up compared? So song by song basis. Do the peaks on this record hit the peaks of some of the other classic uh, dino records to you? I think they do. Yeah. What are your, what are your top two tracks on this record? Cracked. Mm -hmm. And. Oh, geez. I know. Tough. Um. Maybe raisins, maybe sludge feast. Me, it's sludge feast and in a jar. Um, really like both those songs, and I mean, you know, cracks not too far behind raisins. Might even be above that. And I came out of this listen really liking lose. So, um, yeah, memorable songs. I don't think I like any. I think there's probably four or five dinosaur junior songs I like more than any song on this record. Mm-hmm. That just is a testament to their catalog. Not not a knock on this record by itself sure um timelessness this is a big one we don't always touch it but it's worthwhile talking about here does this record stand in a time and place or does its influence and impact spread much further i think that its influence definitely spreads pretty far at this point yes um, considerably this one of the most important impactful records of the 80s and and maybe well beyond that so yeah absolutely um, does it exist in a time and a place I don't know man I, I, I feel like I don't know that it does mm. I, I, I feel like in certain ways this record could still sound contemporary mm. it's so weird like like the production is kind of terrible in a lot of ways, but I feel like you could do that nowadays in a in a way that was purposeful. Yeah, there's there's people who are going for the sound of this record with intent. And by the way, this record starts to set the tone for the Dinosaur Jr. sound, which like, you know, beyond beyond sounds cleaner and a little bigger than this record. But they're generally going for a lot of the same tones in the record in the in the instrumentation, you know. For sure. So, what do you think? Um. So it's tough because the timelessness part—it's a defining record of its era. So that locks it to a time and place. However, Dinosaur Junior's sound is so monolith and iconic, and that it's like, hey, if you like the record they released in 2016 you'll probably really like the record they released in 1987. So True. I don't think it strictly exists in a time and place. And its influences, yeah. this is something I was thinking about with Dinosaur Jr. Hugely influential band, but I have heard very few. And I was thinking about this last week when we did the Teenage Cool Kids record where you could definitely say there's some Dino Jr. influence there. I mean, a, a heaping spoonful, you know, like there's a good amount of influence. But they don't sound like Dinosaur Jr. And I haven't heard many bands try to sound like Dinosaur Jr. and succeed. Have you? No. Right. It's tough to do. Right. So, um, presentation. What do you think of the art? I actually really like it. I feel like it fits the the vibe of the record really well. Agree. I, I am a little sad. I might have to do a throwback where we get Easton to draw the cover of this record. Because oh, I yeah. think he could nail it. I think he could do <laughs> he a could really good job. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I really like the album cover. <sighs> Largely, I'm trying to think. What Dinosaur Jr. record cover do you not like? 
Um, like, I think I think handed over sucks. Like straight up, just sucks. But it's like <laughs> intentionally sucks in yeah, a way I that's like, like it because it's, it's like so it's bad. so bad. It's so I love I bad. love the cloud on it with the sunglasses, dude. It's a so let me let me describe this to everyone. <laughs> it looks like a four year old drew it, um, mostly. A it's purple. It has dinosaur. It really looks like it was done in MS Paint. And like to be honest, it might have been. Um, purple background, dinosaur junior written in bright neon green on the right hand side, handed over written in red. By the way, like like literally like if you were writing slowly, neatly in MS Paint, handed over written in red, sort of in the most awkward position it could be. The image, oh, there's a tree. Then there's a man with a very large <laughs> belt and white pants on and either very fat legs or very muscular legs. I can't tell. Um, while a cloud who's wearing sunglasses has a fishing pole with a fish tied to the end in front of the man's face. The man is very ugly, by the way. <laughs> it's one of the I, weirdest. That that record cover sucks so bad that it's like, yeah, you knew. <laughs> you knew. I think it's great. Yeah. I love, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's like you said, it's so bad, it's good, kind of. Yeah, I, I, you know, yo, I mean, I, a lot of the a lot of the artwork sucks, dude. Without a sound, artwork sucks. Where you've been is kind of cool. I, I, I like it all. Green, Green mind is cool. It's bug cool, but sucks. Bug sucks. Bug, bug kind of sucks, but it I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Uh, I like their twelve inches, like the the singles they did a twelve inch single for Just Like Heaven that I really like. Yeah, um, I think they're all pretty good in a, like. They're all ugly good, if that makes sense. You know what the I mean? The cover of Beyond sucks. The cover of Beyond might suck. Let me look at it. Cover of Beyond sucks because it's trying to be cool. It's stupid. <laughs> it's like stupid. Farm is like weird because it's like feels very mo. Do you know the yeah. band Mo? Like yeah. like nineties jam band? Like it totally does. So yeah. the, it feels Mo. Uh I bet on Sky feels like like an punk indie uh, spaz space rock record from like the early 2000s, but it's a Dinosaur Junior record from 2012. Yeah, give a glimpse of what you're not. I like, and it's like the most psychedelic of their covers, and it just works. It's just weird colors and like heavy on the neons and greens, and I like it. Um, yeah, I'm in on that one. Yeah, that's that, and sweep it in space is kind of just—it's whatever. It's colors and Rorschach. I, so, are you overall n- negative on this Dinosaur Sword Junior art, or are you positive? Overall, I think there's like two or three that I like. So, <sighs> I'm positive. I'm in. I'm into. I, I, you're ugly, but I love you. Dinosaur Junior album covers. Um, so we went through it all. First and foremost, let's do this before we rate it. Do you own this record? I do. Me too. Already in the collection. Nice. So we, we don't need to add it because we already own it. What are you rating this record, Pete? I'm going to give this a... Fuck it. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Damn. I'm giving it a solid four. It's really good. It's a really, really, really good. fucking good record. Yeah. So uh, everyone, we're, we do this sometimes. We forget sometimes. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TraxPod. And send us emails. TraxPod at gmail.com. Pete, did you eat dinner yet? I did. What'd you have? I had a sweet potato. (laughs) All right. Looks like I'm having a sweet potato at 10.30 p.m. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night. Test your patience, I know you've always known